Jesus must have preeminence. Let me say that again. Jesus must have preeminence in your life. If we're always too tired for him, if we can't praise him, if we can't exalt him, if we can't talk to him, if we have no time for his word, if we have no time for spiritual things or building intimacy with him, then he does not have first place. Then that also says your life is out of order. Well, praise the Lord, everyone. Hello, this is Pastor Mark A. Stroud, and I greet you once again in that glorious, matchless, and majestic name of the Lord Jesus Christ. His name is above all names, and we give him praise today. And I want to thank you once again for joining me for more Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, on today's broadcast, we're going to start a whole new series. This series is entitled, The Preeminence of Christ. And today's message is subtitled with the question, Who's first? I know that you're going to get a lot out of this message, so you will definitely want to share it with a friend. And I want to thank you for your faithful listening to Kingdom Rock Radio. Share the app with a friend, let everyone know about the radio broadcast, or share the link to the website. We will be so grateful if you help us to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ all around the world. All right, without any further ado, here comes the message entitled, Who's First? Right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Today we want to talk about the preeminence of Christ. And really this symbol that you see behind us, um, the symbol of the solar system. You've seen the solar system. We've learned about it in school, right? I want you to notice this before we get into the Word of God. You can turn your Bibles to the book of First rather to Colossians, Colossians 1, as I explain this to you, uh, to Colossians 1. I want to show this to you. So before we really go any further, Colossians 1. Now this is so much of an important message. I cannot tell you how important this actually is that you hear and understand what is being said. I believe with all my heart that the Lord is speaking to us at this hour in this word. So I pray that you hear. Now I want you to notice again the solar system and we have in the middle of that we, you have the word you have the word Sun in the middle of the solar system is sun. Uh, we know the word sun, as in the star in the sky, is spelled what? S U N. We know it sounds like the word S O N. And I believe that is by God's design. It is by His design. He foreknew that these two words would sound alike and is using that. Uh, to show us a spiritual picture. Everything in the universe, in our universe, our galaxy, I guess you would say, all the planets, as you see there, rotate around the sun. Okay? The sun does not rotate around us. We rotate around the sun. All life rotates around the sun. We understand that? This is a spiritual principle. 
our lives should rotate around the sun. Now, I'm not talking about S-U-N, but S-O-N, the Son of God, Jesus Christ. Our lives should be rotating around him. He should be the center of our lives. And depending on how close we are to him, he, he can set us in an orbit around him that would give us peace, prosperity, that, that, that enables growth for vegetation and an atmosphere. He can set us just like the planet Earth is set uh, in that rotation, in that exact course that is conducive for life as we rotate around the sun. Because we're rotating around it and God has set the earth on that trajectory, then everything is set and life is good. But if the earth ever gets outside of that, just a few inches, a few feet or what have you, it can then spiral out and be out of control. I would dare to say that many of our lives right now are out of control because we've broken our orbit around the sun. Many, I'm not talking of now about the unbelievers in the world, I'm talking about many of those that are in the house of God. Our life is not centered around Christ. Many of our lives are centered around children. Many of our lives are centered around spouse. Many of our lives are centered around job. Many of our lives are centered around money. And many of our lives are centered around self. Where these things have become the center of the universe. Many people will say, so-and-so is the center of my universe. I live to please so-and-so. That is a life that is out of balance. Please understand something. Unless the Lord Jesus has preeminence in your life, unless he is before all, and we'll look at this, unless everything in your life centers around him, it is out of balance. If he is first in all your life, he will give you the strength and the patience that you need to deal with children, to deal with grandchildren, to deal with spouse. He'll give you the strength that you need for a job. Our lives have become out of balance. Many in today's modern day church are out of balance because Jesus is no longer the center. How do we know what is the center? Well, what do we always go to first? What do we always consider first? That is the center of the, of the universe, so to speak, of your life. What always has the, uh, what has been given, what have you given the authority to say yes or no to you in different areas? And this is the thing that we struggle with in our Christian walk, that many struggle with. They don't want Jesus, or many, I can say in church, many, maybe I could say maybe people want Jesus to have the preeminence, but there's a struggle with him having first place because of the desires that are in us that are pulling on the soul. Your goal and focus, our goal and focus in this life is to place Jesus always as the center of all things. Are you hearing me? 
I want to show you something. So let's go to, let's go to Colossians. And um, let's go to Colossians. Now I'm going to read this to you out of the um, Colossians 1 verse 15 through 20. I'm going to read this to you out of the New Living Translation and I'll go back and hit some things in the King James because the King James brings some things, he brings it together very nicely but the New Living Translation will help you to understand it a little bit better. So I'll start with that first. Remember, it is my role as pastor teacher to teach and to instruct. Are you understanding? All right. Colossians 1, verses 15 through 20, and it says this, out of the New Living Translation. Listen to how it says, how it reads. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before everything was created, and it is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. Let me say that again. Everything was created through him and for him. Everything was created through him and for him. That tells me, we can pause there for a second, that your life should not revolve around your own pleasure. That's a life that is out of order. Now, I'm telling you that if we allow the Lord to have preeminence, and we'll talk about the word preeminence, it means first place. It means uh, to be first or to hold the first place. If we allow him to have his place in our lives, then you will find that your, uh, that your desires will be, will be fulfilled. If you seek him with all of your heart, all of your strength, you'll find that he will allow some of the things that you want. Not only give you what you need, but he'll allow for them things that you want. He wants you to be happy. But if you go after things, if you go after your own happiness, apart from Christ, you're out of order. So much for the safe speaking, right? Let's go on. Everything was created through him and for him. Verse 17, he existed before anything else and he holds all creation together. Jesus does. Understand Jesus is not a created being. The Bible says in the beginning was the word, the word was with God and the word was God. And it goes on down, the word was made flesh. Okay, verse 18, Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning, supreme over all who rise from race, um, I'm sorry, rise from the dead. So he is the first in everything. He, another King James says he has the preeminence in everything. Christ has the preeminence in everything, in everything. Every living being, every rock, every mountain, every planet, everything that was created, it all came out of him, and he is the preeminence in everything. 
Now you and I have a will. God gave you a will. And he does not want to take that back from you because there's no glory in that when God takes your will. There is a glory when you release your will to him. When we say, as Jesus said, let not my will, but let thy will be done. There's glory in that to the father. Jesus must have preeminence. Let me say that again. Jesus must have preeminence in your life. If we're always too tired for him, if we can't praise him, if we can't exalt him, if we can't talk to him, if we have no time for his word, if we have no time for spiritual things or building intimacy with him, then he does not have first place. Then that also says your life is out of order. Now, that may not matter too much to many when you have something, when you're relying on stuff and money. But when stuff and money are gone, it will matter to you greatly. When you die and it is appointed unto man to die once and after that, the judgment. When you stand before God, it will matter immensely if Christ was the first in your life. But there has been a departure in the end time church to put everything else before Christ and not let him have the preeminence. He must be first in all things in your life. Please tell your neighbor, Jesus must be first. Are you hearing? So verse 18 says again, Christ is also the the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he is the first in everything for God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. And through him, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. King James says that Christ has the preeminence. Let me read that to you. Let me read that to you out of the um, the King James Version. Verse number 18 out of the King James says, And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead that in all things he might have the preeminence. He may have, might have the preeminence. Now, you and I have to say amen to that. Again, <laughs> oh Lord, let me read this to you. Let, uh, Hebrews 1, you can write this down, Hebrews 1. Hebrews 1, verses 1 through 3. Listen to how this reads out of the King James Version. I'm going to give you some scripture today. You write these down, you make note. Hebrews 1, verses 1 through 3 says this, God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of what? All things, by whom also he made the world. Once again, it's saying the same thing as Colossians, right? Everything was created by him and for him. Everything was created by him and for him. 
We were created for God's pleasure. You have to say amen to that. And your life has to match up to that. This is the press of the end time church. Remember, the Bible declares that in the last days, uh, the church will have a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof. There'll be a form. In other words, there will be rituals. There'll be church services, but many won't know the power of God. Many won't have Christ as center. Why? Because they're, they're self-centered. They want to please themselves. And not God. Are you hearing? Let's go a little bit further. It says in verse number three, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power. When he had by himself purged our sins, we talked about that this morning, Jesus himself purged our sins, sat down at, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Jesus did all of that for us. Are you hearing? He holds everything together by his word. The word holding here in the Greek means to carry. Uh, It means to carry some burden. It means to move by bearing, move or to be conveyed or born with suggestion of force or speed. The Lord. So think about that as far as the solar system again. It is his word that are holding all things together. It's his word that are carrying the planets. It is his word that are carrying even the very atoms in your body. It is his word that is cause, causing the, the atom to circulate in the neutrons and all of that. It is his word that, are, that is causing your blood to circulate through his body. It is his word that are causing the seas to rage and, and go back and forth through the, uh, through the shore. It's his word that is causing movement it's his word his word he holds everything by the power of his word he moves everything by the power of his word and for us his body to neglect his word is to neglect the very power of God by what excuse I'm busy I have no time What happens is that you're going to get out of orbit. You won't rotate him as you are meant to. And things will come will become out of sync in your life and you'll bring into your life a lot of calamity. And then we'll scream, God, help me. I'm out of orbit. I'm out of fellowship with you. I've fallen away from you. I'm not as close to you as I used to be. As we begin to spin, spin further out, further out. Again, looking at the image of the solar system. Then the Lord has to grab us and pull us back into our proper orbit. Are you hearing? He holds all things. He moves all things. He bears all things by his powerful word. Now, I want to show you this as well in Matthew, Matthew 10. Matthew 10, and then we'll really actually get started. Oh, Jesus. And the clock is off the wall again. Are you hearing? 
I want you to see this. Jesus must have the preeminence. He must have first place. And I would even go as far to tell you that if he does not have first place, again, your life is out of order if he does not have the first place. Let's read about this. Luke, or rather, um, Matthew 10, you can write this down. Matthew 10, verses 34 through 39 in the King James Version, it says this. The Lord Jesus speaking. Think not that I am come to send peace on earth. I came not to send peace, but a sword. For I am come to set a man at variance against his father, and the daughter against her mother, and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. What? What? Does that sound like Christ? He said, I came not to bring peace, but a sword. What? What's he talking about? What sword is he delivering? We know in the whole arm of God, the sword, the sword is the sword of spirit, which is the word of God. His word will bring division. His word will bring division in relationships. This is why as well, it is not good for you to get involved in relationships that are unequally yoked. From the get go. Because his word, when you stand on his word, when you stand on his principles, somebody is going to be upset. Are you hearing? All right. Is Jesus for family? Of course he is. But it is through his way. All right, let's look a little further. Verse 37. He said, he that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. He that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. That again talks about Jesus being the center of all things. What's going to happen when the, the mother in the household disagrees with the father or the children because the word of God says something? She can either bow down and ignore what God said and keep peace, in, keep peace in her home by kicking Jesus out. Or she can agree with what Jesus said and there will be commotion. But let me tell you something, every instance that we kick Jesus out to keep peace, you're actually heaping up coals of fire, you're actually heaping up hell in the home. You're storing up fire in the home. It's like a volcano. It's going to be storing, storing up. You're stirring up fire. Rather, you're storing up fire. Fire. You may not see it now, but every time we, we neglect Christ, neglect his teachings for our own purposes, we set Jesus outside, we are storing up. We're storing up fire in the home, and eventually it will erupt. You may get a temporary sense of peace. By ignoring his word, a temporary sense of peace. But I assure you that temporary sense of peace will be supplanted by a lot of turmoil and heartache later on. Are you hearing? So the Lord says again, if you love your father and mother more than me, Jesus said, you're not worthy of me. If you love your son or daughter more than me, you're not worthy of me. 
What is he saying? He must be the center. Again, if the Lord Jesus is your center, he will give you the light that you need. Think about the solar system again, how the sun gives light and warmth to the planets. He gives the energy to the planets. Right here on the planet Earth, there's a warming rays of the sun. We can look out the window and see the warming rays of the sun. It is because of that sunlight that comes down upon the vegetation that causes them to grow. With the water and the light, God gives the increase. We need him. And when we're in proper rotation with him, we'll get everything we need for the relationships that are in our lives. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me say this too. Sporting games have become the new God for many of our churches. Many parents will not take their children to church because they're on some sort of ball team. They won't get them to the word because they're on some sort of ball team. Have nothing against ball teams. But if that takes place in your life, make sure you get them the word. Find a Sunday evening service. Find another service where you can get your children under the word of God. And if you say, I'll teach them at home, then teach them at home. And don't neglect the truth of God's word. Hallelujah. Let's go ahead and close this thing out. The Lord said, and, and he that taketh not his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He that findeth his life shall lose it. And he that loseth his life for my sake shall find it. Now here we are at the beginning. Last week we were in Luke 8, or rather Luke the first chapter as we talked about, week before last we talked about Mary conceiving the word of God. Her life was put on hold while she carried the promise of God. While she carried the Christ. She had to go through a time of being inconvenienced. Can you imagine God inconveniencing you? Really, God? You're going to inconvenience me? She had plans of marrying Joseph and then later having children. Surely having children was on her list. It just wasn't then. Can you imagine God allowing her to to be a a stigma in her culture? Why? Because now she was an unwed mother. Or people knew that uh, because understand she got pregnant before she and Joseph got together. Are you understanding? So there was a period of time that she was pregnant outside of wedlock. God told Joseph, don't worry, take her to you to wife. People could add up the months and see, Joseph, this ain't your baby. (laughs) Or they would say, Joseph, uh -uh uh-uh-uh, shame on you. Y'all got together before you got married. So there was a stigma there, a reproach there. It's either A, Joseph, that's not your baby, or B, Joseph, you and Mary, mm, y'all should have waited and you didn't. We can add up the months here. 
But can you imagine God doing that to her? Oh, poor baby. Again, he, we're not here for our convenience. We're here for his. We're not here for our pleasure. We're here for his. And I'm telling you, as your life pleases him, the untold blessings that you receive as a result of it are, are innumerable. Are innumerable. Are you hearing? We're almost done. Are y'all still with me? I know this is a, this, this is, I'm telling you, this is a, this is a tough word. But we're going to have to repent. You're going to have to ask the Holy Spirit to show you in your heart, in your life, where Christ is not first. And you're going to have to ask him, Holy Spirit, help me to make Christ first in every area of my life. Because I'm telling you, in the area where he is not first, you are losing big time. You're losing big time. The planets that are far from the sun, they cannot, as we know it today, they can't support life. The further they are from the sun, they're not getting the sun's heat. And on many, on, on many of those, they're just an ice planet further on. And there are some, I think Mars is the closest one, and it's just hot. Many of us can't take the heat. Are you hearing? Yeah. Let's move on. We're about to close. When the Bible talks about, um, oh, did you, did you know that in Exodus, God gave us 10 suggestions? Oh, I'm sorry. No, it's not suggestions. It's commandment, isn't it? Yes. Surely it's commandment, right? Not suggestions. But you know, many of us take the word of God as a Suggestion. And we don't take it as a part of our life. We don't take the word of God in us as if to produce something. I'm going to show you this. We may have to take this up on next week. Is your measure almost full? Are there Ten Commandments or Ten Suggestions? Is the Lord asking you or is he telling you? Is the word around you, on you, or is it in you? Are you hearing? Let me, let's, let's end with this. I'll start here, but we're not going to finish with this today because this is a whole lot. I don't want to overload you. Matthew 7, go here. I'll give you just a little bit of this today. There is so much more that I could tell you. But as we end this series of the word of God made flesh or the preeminence of Christ, we'll find out. Those of you that are listening to this recording later, you know what it actually is because it's there on the packaging, I'm sure. But right now, as we're in time at this moment, we'll see. You're going to have to trust God, saints. You're going to have to trust God. We under- do we understand when the Lord talks about believing in Christ, you'll, you'll be saved? Having faith in Christ, you'll be saved. We understand this talking about putting all of our weight on him. Not having a plan B, C, and D. If Jesus don't work out, well, then I'll go knock on some doors. 
If Jesus don't work out, then I'll do acts of kindness and maybe God will like me. No, our whole self has to be in Christ. He has to be the center of all things. Faith in him means having full assurance, full reliance. Let me give you an example of that. This, if I was leaning on this podium here, this is how many view faith in God. If the podium moves right now, I am not faced because I'm braced on my other leg. This is not faith. This is faith. This, this is faith. If the podium moves, if it falls, then I'm y'all call 911. All of my weight on it. That's faith. I'm believing him with everything I have. All of my eggs are in his basket. This, I'm bracing myself, this is not faith. I believe in God. He is my Lord. He is my Savior. I believe in Jesus. That is not faith. Total faith. I would climb up here, but I'm not. (laughs) Just get the picture as if I were, if I did climb up here. We're going to be wise with this. Because this is man-made, you understand that? But you get the example. You get, the, you get it, right? How much of our lives is where we're bracing ourselves on something else and not putting our full self, our full assurance and trust in him? We're going to have to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal that to us that we may correct it. Let me give this in the last five minutes and then we're going to move on. Are you still with me? How many of you are still with me today? Matthew 7, verse 21. Really verse 21 through 29, but I'm just going to read just a little bit here. We'll have to take this up on next time, the Lord willing. Matthew 27, 21 out of the King James Version says this, very familiar. He says, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. Now, that's very startling, isn't it? Not everyone that says unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. Everyone that calls him Lord. There are a lot of people right now that call him Lord. A lot of people say, I'm a Christian. Well, if they're a Christian, then I'm an alpaca in... (laughs) And wherever alpacas are. Well, anyway... Not everyone, I guess in some pasture somewhere, right? Okay. Well, I'm not an alpaca. Anyway, he said, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. Not everyone that calls him Lord shall enter in. What? That's startling, Lord. What are you talking about? Because I'm calling you Lord too. What is he saying? Let's read on. He says, but he that, what? Doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. There's a distinction here. He makes a distinction. There are those that call him Lord, Lord, and don't do what he says. Then, there's a, then, those are, then there are a group of people that call him Lord, Lord, and actually does what he says. Question is, which one are you? 
Can't get no talk in here. Now let me give you this just a little bit here, then we're really going to close. The word doeth, I want you to understand something. The word doeth in the Greek here is poyao. Poyao. Okay? Poyao. Now this is a startling thing about poyao. He said, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Poyao. The word doeth here means to make. It means uh, uh, to make with the names of things made. It means to produce. It means to construct. It means to form. It means to fashion. Get these images in your head now. Think about a construction site. Okay? The word, the word doeth in the Greek is poyao, and it means to produce to construct, to make something, to produce, to bear, to shoot forth. Are you hearing? So this tells me that it's just not me performing what he said, but this is me bringing forth something that he has said. I am producing something that is bringing forth. Rather, I am bringing forth something that he has said, just like that of Mary. The father spoke his word. The word entered into Mary and Mary produced. And we see the Lord Jesus Christ walking upon the earth. She produced something. Men are like trees. We produce fruit. You understand? When God speaks, there is something that he wants to produce through us into the world. Not merely us performing and action, but he wants to use you to bring something forth in the earth. Understand something. The Bible says that his word is as seed, and we're really going to, I'm trying to land it now. Are y'all still with me? He said his word is like seed. Okay? Seed goes forth into what? The ground. The dirt. What were you and I made from? The dirt. I'm glad you got it. So he's putting the seed of his word into the dirt, into us, to produce something from us or through us. We're not here just to hear a sermon, just to listen to a sermon, and then no sooner than we go out the door, we forget what was said. God expects us, really, I'm telling you, this is what it is. This is actually it. You don't have to wait till you get into heaven to hear it. I'm telling you now, he expects you to produce what he's saying. He expects us really to produce it. I can't find it in the word of God where people just come and, and hear and then they are blessed. They don't do anything else. The Lord said, no, you deceive your own self. So here we go. We're going to be entering into the time of prayer now. We pray that you are richly blessed by today's message. We would love to connect with you. Just go to our website at kingdomrock.org. You can become our friend on Facebook or follow us on Twitter and subscribe to our YouTube channel and a whole lot more. Right there at kingdomrock.org. We would love to hear from you. And if you're in the Bremen area, please stop by and join us every Sunday morning. Sunday school is at 9 a.m. and Sunday morning is at 10. 
Wednesday night, we have what's called Hour of Power. It starts at 6.30 p.m. All are invited. We're located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Give us a call at 770-537-1933. We would love to hear from you. And if you have a prayer request, by all means, please log on to our website at kingdomrock.org and click on the prayer page. Until tomorrow, remember that Jesus is Lord. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way.